laugh at this next part. In a world of political correctness and cancel culture, two comedians have risen up to prove that with the right angle, anything can be funny. This is You Can't Laugh at That. Who writes these? Huh? We should have this person locked up and looked at. Live from Golden Ox Studios in Cleveland, Ohio, it's Steve Mers and David Horning on this week's episode. We proved you can laugh at being late. Our guest this week is New York City comedian Sam Evans, who got his start in Cincinnati, Ohio, won the 2012 Funniest Person in Cincinnati competition, and relocated to New York to pursue comedy further. In 2014, he was selected as one of the new faces at Just for Laughs, and you can find his album, Sweet Baby Boy, wherever albums are streamed or purchased. Hey, this is David from You Can't Laugh at That. Make sure you follow us on social media, on Facebook and on Twitter at You Can't Laugh Pod. Make sure you go to goldenoxstudio.com if you're interested in learning how to record a podcast at Golden Ox Studio. Jeremy also works remotely, so if you are not in the Cleveland area, you can still get your podcast recorded and edited by the very talented Mr. Jeremy Demery. That being said, Make sure you join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod if you would like any and all bonus footage from each episode of this podcast. Pretty soon they're going to be worth something someday. For $5 a month, you'll get up to at least a half hour of bonus footage. Welcome to You Can't Laugh at That. This is the podcast where we take topics that aren't funny and we prove that they're funny, featuring comedians who have done just that. And our comedian guest uh, today is Sam Evans, based out of New York City. What's going on, Sam? Hi. Hello, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Fant- uh, it's we're, we're getting back into the game, uh, <laughs> getting back on stage and making people laugh again. And it's about damn time. Mm-hmm. Steve, you you're you're pretty fresh back into the, to uh, to stand up again. How's it felt so far? Uh, it was rocky to begin with because I did this thing where I didn't go to shows during COVID because I'm responsible, and that was uh, <laughs> a lot. A lot of comedians around here weren't, and they are they are uh, you know doing the same <laughs> they were before the pandemic. But uh, it's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just been. It's fun you know, now, though. What I'm getting is that you didn't want it bad enough. Okay, that's what I'm. <laughs> COVID? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. You, that hustle culture is contagious, Steve. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta lean into that. Yeah, I don't want to wheeze for the rest of my life. So. Kind of. no. That, that's a fair point, but it's also a nice character trait. You can you can point to that twenty years down the road and be like, "Do you remember when <laughs> the good old days? The good old days. Yeah, uh, the good old days when I was top cognitive functioning." Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I read something where they're finding like long term impacts in cognitive function. Um, people who have had COVID bad enough. Perfect for writing jokes. Yes, absolutely. If you want to make connections between setups and punchlines, you need to get COVID. Um, 
Now the, uh, the, the, the hustle culture, that's something that came up in the middle of COVID. And I thought that was um, super interesting because it was basically like sacrifice your, your mental well-being to do like five shows a night. Go. Well, what's your, uh, what's your take on that whole, that whole uh, dynamic, Sam? Uh, well, somebody did an article about it, right? And that's yeah. sort of what uh, popped up in the zeitgeist again, especially yeah. the comp zeitgeist. Um, and, uh, you know, I am, I think, anti-hustle culture. I, I, I did come down in favor of the article. I mean, at some point you do have to do, like, a lot of work and stand-up and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, we do... Uh, we certainly uh, take our health for granted, mental and otherwise. Uh, yeah. Steve, and there are people that are like, you know, during the pandemic, I'm not, I'm not here to start a flame war, but <laughs> a lot of people just doing shows when it's like, okay, but you are being selfish right now. You know, you need to just stay home for the good of literally everyone in the world and you mm-hmm. can't do it. And that is a sickness at that point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the only people that should be hustling is little league players. That's my opinion. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's you run it out to first base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it is uh, selfish. It is for <laughs> sure. I, I was, I will admit I was going hard for like the summer last year, but then my brother got COVID and I was like, it's not worth it. Sure. Yeah. Well, and there was that, sort of in between space where the summer, uh, you know, everybody was, they were kind of like, Hey, you can be outside if you are being cautious. And, uh, you know, I think everybody during the summer last year was just like, let's go have as much fun as we can have while we can have it, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. It's a different kind of hustle culture. Um, speaking of hustle culture, uh, that often involves going to multiple shows a night, which every once in a while you can be late for. And that's going to bring us into today's topic. Oh. Um, that, that wasn't one of the best segues I've ever had, but it wasn't one of the worst okay. either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, being late, it's funny, or is it? Let's talk about it. Um, are you somebody who's consistently late? Did, have you developed that reputation? or? Um, you know what? Not, I'm not late for things that I want to be at, uh, <laughs> but it is, um, yeah, I uh, certainly for work, for a day job, for obligations that I would rather not do, I am always late for those. Yeah. You know? And it, it, it involves a certain amount of, um, it always brings me existential angst, right? Mm. What is the point? Why am I doing this? Uh, am I going to do this till I die? Yada, yada, you know? Yeah. You talked about working at a bar. Um, were you, were you one that would uh, pop in a few minutes after you were supposed to clock in? hundred percent. Always. Yeah. yeah. And you, you got for it. I remember I had a teacher and a career options teacher. Uh, I think her name was Mrs. Gates. And she was like in the modern workplace, if you are late more than two times, you will be fired. And I wish I could go back to that class and be like, this woman is a fucking liar. <laughs> yeah. If you are likable enough, you can be late as much as you want. And people will be like, oh, that's old lady. You know, he values his personal time. That's so great of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> work-life balance. Yeah. Right. That's not something she's ever heard of. Um, yeah. <clears throat> a lady should wear her pearls to work. That's, that's where she's coming from. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
uh, I worked, so I worked in the service industry for 14 years and it eventually got to the point where they just started pushing back my end time because yeah. they like, cause I always knew I was going to be running late. Cause I always try to put one more thing, like add one more thing to my to-do list and get it in before I like have to go to work. Um, you know, looking at that gig as like a survival job. And they knew that they knew that I was doing other things. Um, so they weren't mad about it. And like, I worked hard when I got there um, and like always mm-hmm. made sure to help other people out. So they started pushing my end time back and then I'd start being late for that. And they were like, listen, man, you gotta, <laughs> you're, you're, you're putting us out a little bit. Um, yeah. My, my friends have coined Dave time as a thing. Sure. Uh, so, you know, that's, I'm, I'm with you on that. Maybe that's another reason why I, I picked this topic too, because it affects oh, me. Dave likes savings time. <laughs> have you ever had someone try to uh, uh, set the clock back on you? Or I guess what I mean is be like, hey, we're meeting at 3.30, Dave, but really everybody's meeting at four. They just know that you'll be there at yep. four. Yep. Yeah. Yep, and I'm and I was still like four oh five. Yeah, I always let people know, like, hey, you know, I got caught up with work. I'm going to be a few minutes late, or or the old. Uh, and I know I've heard this joke from multiple comics before, but like people who say I'm on the way when they're not even ready to go. Like, oh, that's Sunday night traffic. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rush hour today is killing me. Yeah, it's one, uh, but. Again, I'm I'm with you. Like if I have a show, I'm always a few minutes early. Um, mm. Yeah, before you know, I am. I think I have the opposite problem for you though, because I will. I don't know why, but like if I'm like running very late, and let's say I'm at home, I do do that where I'm like I'm on the train, and it's like no, I'm no, he's not. He's 20 yeah. minutes. No, I'll make. It. I'll run faster, and then I'll I'll wish the subway to go quicker. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the subway was too slow today. It's yeah, the yeah. same speed as it was every day. Also, somebody may have jumped in front of a train. Um, how dare you inconvenience me? Yeah. Oh, the amount, of, the amount of suicides that I have concocted out of thin air while in New York is just tremendous. And they have to believe it because it's unbearable, you know? Yeah. Who follows up, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody that I worked with. So when I worked at Caroline's, I, I lived in uh, Flatbush. So I, I took the queue because the queue um, went from there to uh, that was when the W before the W existed. And uh, and so I was the only one that took the queue into work. So I could be like, oh, man, uh, Atlantic Avenue was just a shit. We were there for like 20 minutes. Um, so sorry. And they're like, David, this is, this, does this happen every day that you're, <laughs> that you're, you have to be here. Um, so it, and it's funny how you kind of externalize it too. You have to find something out here to justify your lateness. At least that's my, that's what I do. And I see that like in other people too, just like, Oh man, traffic or the weather or, you know, whatever. Yeah. The, uh, the nondescript, uh, couple of words, you know, it's just like, okay, thank you. It's, 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 even if people know it's bullshit, it's almost like you're just offering up the, uh, the social exchange, uh, sacrifice, you know, you're like, yeah. here it is. And you're like, yes, I'm sure that's what it is. You know? And then you just hear yeah, wait, you wait. notice some people they'll like they'll be like yeah yeah they'll be like all right you're lying to me uh, well, let's not make it worse <laughs> like, yeah they're like okay cool yeah no you don't need to describe it because you're just digging yourself into a hole like <laughs> i've seen that so many times mm-hmm. yeah 
you're here. Let's put it past this. Let's okay, sure. Yeah. You can't laugh at that. It was uh, late getting here tonight. I'm I'm late everywhere I go. Uh, you ever been so late for work that you just start to uh, take your time? <laughs> that feels pretty good, right? <laughs> There's like a psychological shift. At first, you're over here. You're like, oh, I'm so late. I'm so late. And then you're like, well, nothing matters now, right? <laughs> I'm already late. I'll be more late. I'll show up naked at this point. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm not a jerk. I'll hurry. I'll hurry if it's five to ten minutes. If it's 20, I am getting a muffin, okay? <laughs> you should too, right? Like, because what does a boss always say when you get there? They always go, it doesn't matter if you're a minute late or an hour. Late is late. It's like, okay, it's definitely going to be an hour then. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same to you? <laughs> All right, well, I got like 58 minutes left. That's, that's definitely enough time to get a muffin for sure. I don't care enough to put in any effort with my excuses anymore. I really don't. I'm too comfortable in my day job. I walked in the other day. I was like, sorry, I'm late. Traffic was, I don't know, hungover today. I don't know. <laughs> you should get to be honest. You should get to just look at it and be like, ah, oh, sorry, I'm late. I have trouble being on time for stuff that makes me sad inside. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. and it stinks that like you you have to like have something bad have happened to be late or if you want to call off something bad has to have happened in your life that's not fair we should be able to call out for good stuff I'll call him one day and be like yeah it's me I'm not gonna make it in today no I'm fine it's just I saw a pug wearing a coat and <laughs> I just want to chase this good feeling today. <laughs> I feel pretty good. I'm down to just the one day job, which is nice. I used to have to work two day jobs, which sucked real bad. Uh, probably the worst thing about it is that when you have two day jobs, sometimes you will have to call off a shift from one job so that you can go and cover a shift at another job. And that feels pretty bad. If you don't know what it feels like, it feels like you are canceling a date with your sister to steal away and blow your dad. That... <laughs> and I can see some of you not liking that at all. <laughs> But then I can see some of you who I know have worked two jobs and you're like, that's exactly right. That's, that is 100% what it's like. All right. Um, the, the pug reference, that was a callback to an earlier joke. If, uh, if listen to the rest of the album and you will understand it, you'll get it in full context. There's some breadcrumbs there for you. Uh, Correct. Plugging the old album. Um, so Sam, kind of take us through the, uh, the conception of that bit. Uh, what, what inspired it and uh, how did it evolve over time? Um, it literally was this job that I am at about to leave currently. And uh, yeah, I was just consistently late and I, I think it started maybe as a tweet, just the line of like being so late for work that you start to take your time. I think that might have been a tweet. Uh, and it took me a while before I was like, oh, I should do that on stage because I think it's a very uh, common feeling, you know, uh, that like 
you know, those, those good bits that you have where you're like, oh, this is something that like everybody thinks, but they don't realize they think. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I started it from there and then was just kind of doing that and searching for other pieces to it. And then I, I think the second piece that I arrived at was the, uh, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a minute late or an hour, late is late. Uh, and then I was like, all right, well, it's definitely going to be an hour. And <laughs> yeah. And, and then the, the, the other half of that joke, the, the working two jobs and you have to call off a shift to go cover another shift. That was a joke. I think that that might've been predated the, the rest of it, but just in the course of putting together the album, I was like, Oh, it makes sense to group these together. Um, which is kind of interesting. Whenever you're, I, this is my first album and writing it, you don't realize that like, Oh, if you go back far enough, you can amass like a, a good chunk, uh, as long as you can, uh, group things together strongly enough, you know, and, and have it make sense to, to be done together. Yeah. Yeah. That connective thread. It's funny how that works. You may not have told a joke for years. And then when you really sit down with what you have, it's like, Oh, wow. Never saw that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of connection, and like you were saying, I think this bit really does, it speaks to everybody in a different way. Um, it's something that hyper relatable. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And uh, that's, I mean, that's why it's, to me, that's why it's funny is because whether you are the one who's late, whether you're dealing with somebody who's late, whether you're, you know, somebody who's always on time, who is pissed off when people are late, like it, it hits different for everybody, but it still hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's one reason why, you know, I really missed the crowds is because you can see that happening in real time in front of you. Um, what was Very your experience? Yeah, a hundred percent. What was your experience with this bit in doing this? Like this is obviously recorded before the pandemic Um, in like doing this in front of crowds. What's your favorite like moment? uh, Like, do you do that light bulb moment when you see like an audience get a joke or when you see them nodding? Like what, what is it that really creates that connection for you that gets those, uh, those endorphins or in those, uh, that oxytocin, uh, like this joke specifically, where is the the point? Uh, actually my favorite part is the, to see a a crowd go for is the, uh, the thing about the boss where they're like, okay, well, it's definitely going to be an hour just Mm -hmm. because, you know, it's like a universe. Nobody likes working for anyone. Nobody likes to be uh, under command, under control, you know? So just a little moment of like, nah, fuck you, you know? It's, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a sweet moment. And it is, um, I think it's far away my most, uh, I, where I've had people be like, I, I thought about that joke today because dot, dot, dot. It's just friends and like family alike they're like i thought of your joke today because i was late for this or i thought about your joke because my boss is being an asshole to me and that makes you know yeah bosses are often our adversaries yes (laughs) it's like yeah yeah anytime you can stick it to them even if it's just in a joke uh it, it creates that connection because even if you are a boss like you've had a boss at some point where you're like yeah fuck that guy a hundred percent so you create instant connection in the bit too. Uh, just you ever work? Uh, you ever been so late that you just take your time? Um, mm-hmm. That that's one of those things that everybody can relate 
with as well. Um, I mean, I've done it where it's like, oh, I let them know that I'm going to be late. Cool. I'm going to eat some soup. But in your case, you know, it was a muffin. Uh, I'm going to get a muffin. Um, was that was that a conscious choice? Was that based off of an experience? Did you try um, other things? Uh, no, it's based off of uh, firsthand. I'm off muffins now because I'm trying to eat better. But that was my go-to. My favorite thing in the world that they have only in New York is just like, you know, bodega muffins. And I would always get a double chocolate one. And then finally, my ex-girlfriend was like, you know, that's cake, right? You just eat cake every morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just start your day with cake. Like, no, it's not. You know. um, but yeah, that's a very, like, for me, a visceral thing of like, because that's, that's my first move, truly, is when I am going to be late and I've accepted it. And it's like, fuck it. I'm late already. Who cares? I do go get either a coffee or something to eat. Mm-hmm. And even it's part of the process of like getting over the embarrassment of walking in late with food in your hand. It's mm-hmm. just the balls to, to do that is uh, mm-hmm. remarkable. Um, but it is the first thing that I think of when I think about just saying, fuck it, you know, a double chocolate muffin is definitely the right choice yeah. every time. Um, just going to say that. Um, yeah, Absolutely. Especially if you're like on your feet a lot in New York. I don't, I don't think, you know, as long as you, you use a lot of your energy, it's not that bad, but morning cakes, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. Uh, Hey baby. It's worse at night, but whatever. I'm on a tangent right now about nutrition, but okay. Uh, Yeah. I noticed that the other day. Um, But, uh, but Sam, I think you, you touched on a a pain point um, as to why some people might not find being late funny. And it's the embarrassment factor of it. It's always having to have like a story to justify it and, and amplifying whatever the current circumstances are. And was it your intent to kind of, uh, to kind of like fight that embarrassment uh, with this joke, kind of leaning into the being late? Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. It is. um, Yeah. It definitely was like a, I mean, it seems so, I hate using the word uh, uh, cathartic for such a dumb dickhead joke, but um, oh. it, uh, yeah, it certainly makes me feel better, you know, and it made me feel good because it's like the little tiny pains in your life that are just constant. So you can't not think about them. Right. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because right now, as we're having this conversation, there is somebody who is freaking out because they are they need to be at work at three thirty and they are twenty minutes away. And you know, it, it's it's universal. Um, they're they're concocting a story in their head as we speak. Like, and and so that's why I I mean I think this joke hits on on a lot of different levels. Um, when you talk about the uh, the five to t- I'm just going to be an hour late. Um, that is, that's one of those platitudes that we've all heard. So everybody can connect on that, that whether you're a minute or you're an hour, it doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. And just kind of, again, like you said, it's one of those things that everyone thinks, but doesn't realize it because mm-hmm. we all heard it. Yeah. Nobody thinks to just be like, then I'm going to be an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're making it a question of degree and it's yeah. just wrong. Okay. Well then I'm going to stay in the wrong. Yeah. But I'm, you know, have an extra hour in my day uh, because you have made it so black and white. So, well, then I'm definitely going to be in the red and who gives a shit. Yeah. yeah. Making it, making it black and white. And I think that's, that's what a big reason why um, 
a lot of topics are off limits or off limits, like in quotes, um, because we have a tendency to put things in black or white. You know, we have a tendency to categorize things. Uh, you know, this is good or this is bad versus like, it's just is, it's just information. It's just data. It's just like, you know, being late is, it's not good or bad necessarily unless you decide it is. And this joke kind of calls that into question too. Maybe I'm reading too deep into it, which I tend to do. Um, and I always, I always like throw that caveat in there. I'm like, Hmm, like how does this really connect on a deeply spiritual level? You're like, dude, I was just late for work one day. Um, <laughs> make it, make it as deep as you think it is. Yeah. Just the uh, calling out the excuses, calling out traffic was, I don't know, hung over. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that kind of gives it an honesty too, because we try to again add so many different layers to the story of being late. It's just like to just say you were late, it's fine. You're here. Get to work. Whatever. Or or whatever the case may be. Um what what was the best excuse that you've come up with for being late? Uh God, that's a really good question. And I've had so many. <laughs> just start listing them off <laughs> I think one time actually one time this I I was like a little bit late for work once because I uh, had gotten the flu really bad and it had broke and I ended up being able to go to work like in the middle of the night I got like you know you know when a flu breaks and you get the night sweats and you wake up the next day and you're like oh it's I'm fine Yeah, I got on the train uh, and I was just too dehydrated. So it was a crowded morning subway and I ended up passing out. So I got off the train, waited for like 15 minutes on a bench, drank some water. And I was like, I think I'm okay. But I wasn't that late that day. So I just went to work and I was fine. And then a week after that, I was like an hour late for bullshit. And I used that story mm. from week <laughs> prior. Like flew and I passed out on the train and it's like it came out so well because it was like, well, this is a true story. I'm just stealing it from a week ago. You know? Right. With a little bit of dissonance, you might have passed a polygraph. Truly. Truly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, you know This is a true story. It it's happened. almost like you didn't specify when it happened. <laughs> It's almost like the, uh, the the classic getting on stage and being like, this happened to me a few days ago. Um, so so yeah. a few days ago, I was when it happened like years ago. <laughs> <laughs> this happened six years ago, but it's still plausible now. One day I was five hours late for work. <laughs> really? It was, yeah. It was a, uh, it was one of those where I had to be at work. I had to work a double. I had to be at work at 10 a.m. And you weren't that late. <laughs> <laughs> I got there at like 3 p.m. Um, so, so you missed, missed the whole lunch shift. Yeah, I, li I missed the whole shift. It was a brunch shift. It was uh, downtown Cleveland. We were, we were a few blocks away from the from uh, Progressive Field. The Yankees were in town, so sold out game. And the night before, I was like, because I, I closed the night before and after work, it's like, all right, I'll, I'll have a drink. And then that never just ends up being a drink. It ended up like going to an after hour spot doing cocaine until 8 a.m. And then I was like, I'm just going to take a quick nap and then get to work and it'll be fine. And then I woke up and in my apartment at the time, I didn't have any natural sunlight in my bedroom. Um, oh, sure. So it felt like 
you know, I had just slept for a little bit and I looked at my phone and it said like three Oh five. And <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. That doesn't, that doesn't feel right. There was like a pool of blood on my pillow because my nose had like b- busted open in the middle of the night, you know, from giving excessive amounts of Coke. And <laughs> I had like 20 missed calls it went from them being like, where are you? To being pissed. Like, if you're not here. And then it turned into concern. And I felt <laughs> yeah. so bad. <laughs> yeah. it felt like, just the just watching the character development of everybody that I was supposed to work sure. with. like, <laughs> And I just felt so bad for letting them down. Like, they got through the shift. It was a nightmare for them. So I just, I went to a, a pizza place a few doors down and just bought like a dozen pizzas and brought them in. And like, I was like, can you please not be mad at me? Traffic. And and I, and I used the, I used the, the blood on the pillow. Like I took a picture of it because I still kind of wanted them to feel bad for me because I felt bad, you know? Yeah. How dare they? What's that? Yeah. Yeah, Right. (laughs) Wait, you essentially not only did you fess up to being late, but then you fessed up to I was late because I did a lot of cocaine. Here's yep. the blood. Mm, yep. I'm I'm one who's like when someone's like, Why did you do this? I'll be like, Well, here's exactly why, but here's pizza. So <laughs> sure. pizza. Yeah. If you're in that deep, you just own it and you're like, I am sorry. Let me make it up to you. Yeah. Right. You have to address the the cocaine fueled elephant in the room and you know. If, if you don't, you're just digging yourself into a deeper grave. Um, luckily, you know, I, I, at that point, I had built enough, like, rapport and trust. But the manager mm-hmm. did pull me into his office. Like, if you do this again, we can't have you come back because you're letting everybody down. And that's the part that really got to me the most. Um, that, may, that was, like, the second to last time I ever did blow. So, sure. uh, character yeah. development, everything's better now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, letting yeah. people down. Like, that's a that's a... That's a f- big part of why being late might not be considered funny for some people is, is because you're either on the receiving end or you're on the, uh, the giving end and either way you feel shitty. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I used to be able to be late all the time just cause jobs were just whatever. But now I started in the past year, I started PAing on films. And so as a PA, you're just like a complete bitch and like you're at the very bottom you're not union and you're hourly and they want you They're Like, if you're not a half hour early, you're late. And so it's just like my mindset has had to change because it's like your one chance to like get in there and be like get in the union. Once you're in the union, it's like your job is like ironclad, but it's still not good to be late. But uh, yeah, it's like, it's weird for me, but I enjoy it though. So it's, I'm happy to be there and you get all this, like you go there and there's a buffet of food. So it's like the more, the sooner you get there, the more sooner you get food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get there yeah. early. You're not on the clock and you get food and they won't yell at you. So That's, yeah, they really um, put their God. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally different. That's crafty of you, Steve. Yes. Very. <laughs> <laughs> um, I cater to them. So <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> nice. I think, um, a lot of it too has to do with like self-identity. We don't want to be known as the person who is, you know, late because with that comes a built-in story of what it means to be late. Um, so like, what, what is your, how would you define lateness in from that vein? Oh, like what is it to, 
I think I know what you're saying. I think uh, essentially the the worst when it becomes bad or like something real where you're like, Oh, I feel shitty about it is when you end up fucking over people that you work with, not even your boss, but like it's the coworkers, especially like waiting tables, stuff like that. It's like, Oh, you've fucked over probably two or three people, right? Because everybody's having a harder time. They're probably getting less tips per table percentage, you know, because they can't do as good a service as they're overworked. So it's like this, yeah, this element of like, not only are you late, but you're going to walk in being hated by your peers. And that's when you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll be on to, it'll never happen again. You know what I mean? Anybody can fuck over a boss because fuck a boss, you know, but right. when it's, boss. yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, the, that scene in full metal jacket where they, it's like the, uh, the guys in the platoon beating him up because he's fucking over, you know what I mean? It's yeah. that's that's the that's the kind of pressure that makes you actually be like i'm sorry i'll do better you know mm, don't bust out the dove <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> or whatever was it it was bars of soap right yeah, bars of soap yeah. And, okay you know which is <laughs> you at a service job if you do cocaine and you're late twice you know so yeah <laughs> <laughs> that should be the the consequence i think i mean i i think just the hammering home on yourself too Cause we all want to be perceived as a good person. Like nobody's out there like, yeah, I'm a, like even people who walk around who are like, I'm a piece of shit. Um, deep down, like, I mean, they, mm-hmm. you know, they don't want to be seen as a piece of shit. Like, no, we hate you. They want to be seen as like a lovable piece of shit. Yes, exactly. That's the, yeah. Mm-hmm. You might think you're a piece of shit, but even a person who identifies as one is still desperate for love, you mm-hmm. know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's that like, let, let me identify this. Let me be out in the open about it, but I still want you to like me. And that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, Steve, I think you, uh, you, you said something too. Um, if you're a half, if you're not a half hour early, you're late. I remember as a kid being told that five minutes early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. If you're five minutes late, like, you're fired. Um, that was, and that kind of plays into the, you know, whether you're a minute or an hour late, you're late. You're the same degree of late. Right. Um, which is, that's false. Um, you know how many times I've showed up a half hour early and then it took an hour and a half for anybody to even care or that's the funniest (laughs) part. There's no real accountability there, but you still have to do it just because (laughs) Yeah, so weird. Do you think it's that search for validation too? like the people who show up extra early? Um, do you think that plays a role into it? Uh, what do you mean to win favor and stuff? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a rat race. They fire people like they drop like flies. Uh, so that's why I've always had the mentality of like, let's go, let's go, let's do it. Let's have a good attitude. Everything. I have to show up with a good attitude or else you just, you will get fired. Mm-hmm. Do they really fire people that easily? Oh, yeah, because PAs are just so easy to come by. And so many of them are unreliable that it's all just kind of like easy to just dismiss them because they I want it to be cutthroat because you're, you're, it's, a very, it's a huge privilege to be like on a, on a film. And so it's easy to fire people because it's just there's some of them are just ungrateful and don't realize the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Especially in a position that's easily replaceable. Um, yep. it, it's easier to do that, too, because, you know, a dime a dozen kind of mentality. Yeah, I always felt bad when I was like, because I like my my coworkers. But again, it was always like just the habit of trying to do one more thing, you know, throw like one more thing on my to do list before I before I come to work. Because It's not like I was just sitting around 
you know, like, oh, let me play one more game of Madden or, or whatever. I always felt like I was justified in it. And then once you realize that you're actually impacting other people, it's like, okay, maybe I should stop doing this. Maybe I should yeah. actually like, mm -hmm. you kind of create a psychological shift at one point. I mean, you even say, you know, the exact term psychological shift when it comes to, uh, to being late uh, for work, you kind of transition the power to you, like the employee versus the boss. Um, when you talk about like when, when you're running late an hour or a, a minute, like it kind of gives you the power in that situation. Was there kind of an intentional uh, shift of power in this case? Um, when you deal with a boss and you're running late, you're kind of in a position of power, especially if they need you. Um, was that kind of a, a conscious choice? Uh, I wish I could say it was conscious. It wasn't, but I do think that's just the conclusion that you arrive at. Maybe you don't, maybe not consciously, but like that is essentially what you're doing, which is, you know what, like I am late, but now I am for as long as I am late, I am my own man or woman, you know, like I, I am, I am the captain of my fate for as long as I am not at work. And when you like realize that it is, yeah, it is like a little bit of like, no, I'm still free until I am there. And since I am committed to not being there on time, I am going to enjoy every last minute of it, you know? So yeah, there is like a power there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's not a choice a lot of people make. I mean, when I'm late, if I'm like, if, if a light turns red, you know, all of a sudden I'm mad at the traffic light. Like I'm getting mad and stressed out about things that don't normally stress me out. And uh, rather than just kind of leaning into it, which sometimes, you know, I, I've done. Um, and it feels better to do that, you know, when you know you have the power in the situation. Mm -hmm. um, but there are also times where, where it does make you feel helpless. Uh, I, I will say I want the second to last straw that I broke in a, uh, in a long distance relationship was I missed the mega bus uh, in New York to, to come home for Easter. So she had to pick me up from uh, Pittsburgh because I had to take the last mega bus of the day. Uh, it, it went from New York to Pittsburgh and then you get on another one to Cleveland and there were no more to Cleveland. So she had to drive all the way to Pittsburgh and uh, the entire, the entire time. What's that? How Two far hours. was that? Two hours. Yeah. Okay. And it was at like one in the morning too. And oh, it was, uh, it was the longest, like the, the eight hour bus ride felt like a day yeah, um, yeah. because I knew I was in so much trouble. And then eventually like two months later, when, when she ended the relationship, I was like, I deserve this. Uh, <laughs> I, I wasn't even mad. I, I, I was <laughs> I, like, part of me was like, why? But then the second I said, why, like it was a montage of all of the <laughs> irresponsible <laughs> things that I had done over the time. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and there is a fear. Like we tend to go to like worst case scenario in our heads when, when things like being late happen. And sometimes it's, it's It's rooted in reality, but a lot of times it's based off of just, you're accruing these, these little pinpricks at a time. And eventually it gets to that big one. And while being late in itself, isn't as like heavy of a topic as, um, you know, say like abortion or murder or like these dark topics that we've had in the podcast, there are like, if it's over time, if you accrue enough of those, it, it becomes a bigger, like more meaningful topic. But what you do at the end of the bit, you do that joke about blowing your, or call it, uh, uh, 
canceling a date. What was it? Canceling a date with your sister to blow your dad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, at the end, you, you address that there are two responses to that joke. There are the people who get it, who've worked two jobs and had to do that. Um, and then there, there are the people who, who haven't, who don't have that experience, who are kind of like looking around, like, why is this funny? There, there's kind of an explicit addressing as to why it's funny, whether you, you know, whether you're putting it out there in that way or not, that's mm-hmm. kind of baked into this bit. And I think that's, it's really well done. Um, and it brings it to a conclusion where you kind of, address that there's a group of people who are always late or like have to deal with that. Um, mm-hmm. And there's the, uh, the people on the other side of it. Mm. Oh, never. Uh, yeah. We just get to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> Working backwards from that, the, the point that you make about you, you, something bad has to happen for you to kind of justify being late. There's not a, like something good happened. So I, I have to call off work. Like, that's a world where you're kind of creating a parallel universe in this joke. What if we lived in a world where it was acceptable to be late because something awesome happened or something good? You know, I have to call off work. I, you know, I saw in this case, like a pug in a sweater mm-hmm. or, uh, that, I mean, that's a callback to a previous joke, but uh, did you try other things other than that callback uh, in that spot? Yeah, I think, in fact, I think initially I was like, uh, my girlfriend blew me this morning or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is funny, uh, but it is uh, maybe a little too needlessly dirty. But uh, yeah, that is how I felt, because it's like the, the truth is that people do do that. They call off work for good reasons. They're like, I'm going to fuck around today. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to do this. But you have to lie and say it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, mm-hmm. you, that moment of honesty where you're like, guys, I just realized that like work sucks and I can go do this instead. So just today I'm going to do that. And you can't do that without just so many people being angry with you. And it's yeah. absurd the case, you know? Right. You know? Right. Like be happy for me. All right. This is for my mental health. This is my well-being. Yeah. Four <laughs> yeah. day work week now. Yeah. Oh. Ugh, let's talk about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Solve all our problems. I'll just get an extra day off every single week. Wow. I imagine. A friend of mine, we used to have this uh, topic about uh, what's the best versus what's the worst day of the week. And at some point he got to like, he made one of my favorite points ever of all time in his ranking system where he goes, if you have ever paid me to work on a Friday, I have robbed you blind. Uh, which is absolutely true. I think of most people, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. Um, And, and I think more companies are kind of seeing that if they can see it in the bottom line that, Oh, my people are more productive when they only work four days a week. uh, That means I make more money. It's going to happen. It's kind of selfish, but again, like it's funny to see, Oh, if we lean into with like how people perform at their best, they're also happier. Yes. So like if, if people are performing at the top level, they're, they're happy. And if people are happy, they're performing at their top level. Um, and so it's nice to finally see companies start to realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause who can't do four days of work and then be like, hell yeah. Holiday weekend, every weekend, it, it would change lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think about like labor. I mean, with labor day is coming up in, a, in about a month. I mean, that week people are going to get the same amount of work done in four days as they do in five. Yes. I, I just like exploring a world where it's okay to call off for good things and people to be okay with it. 
Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I didn't think the only time that that is a realistic proposition is maybe uh, I or my wife just went into labor. You know what I mean? That's it. That's yeah. the only time. Suddenly you're like, sorry, a new life, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was thinking about this too. Um, Cause I was like, you know, maybe since we're doing a shorter, uh, shorter episode, um, maybe Steve and I can hang out and talk a little bit about the Simone Biles uh, situation and why, you know, people are joking about it and like, like Michael Che um, posted jokes about it and people were ripping on him. But mm-hmm. in this case, her, I mean, she's calling off of work for mental health Yeah, uh, and her work just happens to be the Olympics. Why yeah. isn't that okay? Yeah. Because there's too much pressure and it shouldn't be. She, it's like the, the amount of pressure is, is very warranting of, I don't know. It's weird. It's ironic. So let's put this in terms of, of work. Let's say you closed a deal with a giant client, the biggest deal your company has ever made. And then you've got another uh, prospect coming up. You've got a prospect call coming up and they're counting on you to, to close the deal. But suddenly you don't feel like you're at your best. Like I might be working against the well-being of my company. What if I just kind of sit this one out? People wouldn't be mad at you, I don't think. If, if people who are worth working with, I should say, uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be mad at you. She's not even getting paid, right? She has to pawn that medal. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's true. That's all. I mean, she probably has sponsorships, but that's yeah. different. But like, and that's related, though. So I guess there's kind of that. But I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. But she'll still have those sponsorships now. You know, I don't think yeah, anybody drop her. They're not going to have the balls to drop her now. Yeah, now they look real bad. People boycott them. Oh yeah, it, it would look awful if if you know. I don't even know who sponsors are. Like American Family Insurance or whatever. Um, don't make me sing it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I do. It is. You know, I'm firmly on the side of her because it is like. I guess that's what I mean. Like you don't get to call off just because a job sucks and you need a single day. Mm-hmm. And when you. The wild, I I can't imagine the wild stress and anxiety that being an Olympic athlete puts on both your body and your psyche. Mm -hmm. You can't bow out at some point and be like, hey, I am dying inside because Mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I always bail for mental health reasons and everything. Yes. And I don't have any remorse because it's, that's how, it's not minor, you know, it's not major enough for it to be warranted. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, totally there, there are, there are days where, again, I, I have to, I'm staying home today. I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I need this for me. I've been burning the candle at both ends for too long. I got to relax. Sorry. I'm not going to be able to make it. Um, and, and she kind of did the same thing, but also U S gymnastics is not a great employer <laughs> based no. off of their track record over the last few years. Uh, with this this Larry fella, um, so having to commit yourself to that like organization that has let you down so hard, and they're telling you that the the country is counting on you, like absolutely walk away from that. Yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. And and it should be okay, you know, it should be okay to be late for a, a job that makes you sad. Like, be better. company like the best yeah (laughs) (laughs) figure it out right 
and, and that's that's the thing too because now we're seeing like over the last year uh, i've been doing a lot of research on turnover and retention and these companies are like why are people leaving why don't people want to come to work no one wants to work anymore and it's like no no one wants to work for you <laughs> you don't have a reputation as somebody like if people wanted to work for you they would tell their friends and their family like hey you ever find yourself in need of a job come work here it's great mm-hmm. um, that's instead it's like we're, we're trying to pay people more why aren't they coming because headaches aren't necessarily worth more money no yeah. one wants to work with someone who has no self-awareness too right sure. so right if oh you want God. number one, you don't want people who are just coming to work for a paycheck. And number, you know, you want people to be there who are intrinsically motivated to be there. Yeah. I I want, I want to work with people who want to work there. I want to work. I want people to work for me who want to work for me. And if they don't want to work for me now, I have to ask questions of myself. So to flip this, this equation of like being late for work or calling off of work from the point of view of the employer why isn't it funny and and what can be funny about it because you kind of like in the bit you kind of again change that dynamic but you know there are some people who are going to be in the audience who are bosses who are managers who have to deal with people who have that mentality like i'm gonna be an hour late sorry Mm. why do they laugh at this bit uh, well, one, because nobody stops being a, an underling, you know what I mean? Even if you're a boss, even if you are managing other people, it's, you know, it's a food chain. And unless, you know, unless this bit makes its way to Jeff Bezos, then I don't, yeah, I don't think it's going to stop being salient because everybody has a level of work that just sucks shit, uh, Jeff's right yeah. next to me if you want to talk to him. Yeah. Oh, get him oh. <laughs> yeah, he's up here with me. <laughs> Just kidding. You can go to space. <laughs> I'm in space. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm in uh, Elon's car right now. <laughs> well, and it kind of, um, I guess generally this isn't like a hundred percent true, but right. Comedy tends to be better for people who are not as well off, right? You ever done like a charity gig at a country club? It's fine. It's never great because those people have good lives, you know? Mm-hmm. They don't desperately need anything to take the edge off at the end of the day. Uh, so I, to me, it kind of goes hand in hand with what you're talking about, which is why our boss is laughing at this, which is like, well, because they are still being told what to do and generally speaking are also filled with angst at uh their day right Uh, hmm. david you took me to a corporate event once at a country club yeah (laughs) i was like ah these are not my people uh no 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 but you know whatever it's nice to schmooze with people with money but um i'm not a manipulator so i don't care to do that either though so yeah yeah Um, and the truth is they don't need it they don't need what you are offering, you know, which mm-hmm. it's, that's on them. It's not on you, but yeah, sure. they were nice people though. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And th- that's the <laughs> thing too is, is again, it goes back to the power dynamic. Like would there ever be a, a comedy roast of Jeff Bezos and would he get it? Do you think that Jeff Bezos knows the world hates him? 
I think there's that lack of so like I think there's a little bit of self grandis what's the word uh, aggrandize where he kind of is warped by his own self perception. Sure. And he may he may be like, do people hate me? I think some people hate me, but I think he thinks he's more loved than hated, and the media yeah. lies, and I don't know. I feel mm, like sure. he's probably a little bit warped by his money. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, and just removed from. You know, if it's been years and years and years since he wanted for even a major thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's it, it, there's a disconnect, right? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. I'd be willing to bet he doesn't have a a Twitter, or at least he's never been on it. Like if he does, yeah. So I mean, he doesn't care. Um, that's it's interesting. Money that comes with money too. So there's like. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like everybody needs that that catharsis. Like I feel like everybody has something that that is just driving them up a wall. That if they could laugh at it, it would make it better for them. It would like improve their mental health. I feel like you know if everybody has is dealing with problems on some level, mm-hmm. even if you are the richest man in the world who could leave this planet, it's gonna be something. Sure. But 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 what is it? You know, yeah, it's I know, right? Really foreign to you or I? Yeah, and I could just imagine like trying to do crowd work to to just like learn about Jeff Bezos. Like he's the guy in the front row. What do you do for a living? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can't. There's no. Nobody has a bit where they're like, doesn't it suck when the third support boat for your super yacht just never works the way it's supposed to? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're when you're in your private helicopter and you're low on gas and you're panicking because you don't know if you're going to get to the <laughs> think what? Yeah, come on, man. I sell books. Books are made out of trees, so therefore I should call this Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Be as uh, not self aware as possible. Right. We we've talked about having to to kind of overcome that that psychological shift um the self-image thing because we all want to look good we all want to be likable Uh, this is a bit too where you can't really take it too far to make yourself unlikable um because kind of bragging about being late isn't even people who are late are like come on man people are counting on you Um, yeah you make it okay though uh the the line about um not being a jerk like explicitly saying that Mm-hmm. Was that intentional to kind of work that in and and get the audience on your side just to make sure they were with you? Like, what what have you done to keep the audience on board with you throughout uh, building a bit like this? Yeah, yeah, I think so because it is because I do still feel that pressure. You know what I mean? And you do want to be not only well liked but by the audience, but within the bit, you do want to be like well liked by uh, coworkers and stuff like that that's why you get away with being late or why I get away with it. It's like, they're like, ah, well, you know, you're good at your job when you're here and nobody has a problem with you, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I do think, yeah, it's, it's central to the, to the bit, but also just the, the life that the, the bit inspires or is inspired. Mm, yeah. Cause on some level, everybody sees themselves in it. Um, everybody's been late at least once, even if you're chronically on, time the the reason i think people don't laugh and and you can or or don't wouldn't find the topic to be funny is that being late is a behavior which means it's a conscious choice 
So that means if you're perpetually late and you hear somebody joking about being late and you feel triggered, that just, that's just like a resistance to something. Um, what, what is that? Like, where does that resistance come from? Is it, is it like a lack of accountability? Is it like an unwillingness? Like, I don't want to be proven wrong. Is it, um, resisting your own reality to protect your own ego? Uh, why would you, if you were in a position of like, oh, this isn't funny, where would it, where would you come from? Yeah. It's gotta be like a self-consciousness thing. You know what I mean? If they have a problem with it, then it has to be like a, oh, this is making me feel shitty about like a true problem that I have. But also I'm, I'm pretty tame as stand-up goes, yeah. you know, I'm pretty, mm-hmm. uh, I say that liking myself and my act. Um, so I've never really had somebody react that way, but if they did, I guess that's to that joke. That's what it would be. It's like, oh, this made me feel bad because I am chronically late. And in which case, well, you know, just, it's a very forgivable quality, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forget what book I read it in, but it was something like, we only get mad about things we can, we can do something about. And, you know, even though like it might feel like something is well beyond your, your realm of control. Um, it, it's like little steps along the way that you can actually like take to, to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I feel like a lot of that has you know, a lot of the resistance to a bit like this would come from that. Like, I know I can do something about it and I'm choosing not to. And now I feel attacked for my choice. Sure. Yeah. Your, your lack of choice is the choice, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And, and the rest of your album is great. Um, it's a lot of fun. I've listened to it, I think twice now, because um, I, re- I reached out to you back in March um, and then I listened to your album. And I was like, oh, this is this would be a great topic. And uh, listening to somebody's album twice, like you catch things that you didn't the first time, especially if it's like well-structured, especially if there's like depth to, to um, bits like that. So when it comes to, to writing a bit and connecting something as common as being late with an audience, what would you advise like a, a comic to do to build that connection better? Hmm, that's a good question. I think um, it's just important to, you, I think you have to find the thing that is truest for you first, right? Uh, and not immediately try to think of like, how can I make this relatable? You have to think what is in, indubitably true for myself, you know, and then hope that it connects because you know, you're going to like force uh, something uh, just to, to be like, I bet you'll all like this. It's like, even if it's good, it's not going to feel uh, true, I guess. Mm-hmm. In a bit like this, people have to be honest with themselves on the receiving end of the bit. Like, uh, if that's if that's me, if I'm somebody who's late, like, I can, if I come to terms with it, I can, I too can laugh about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it takes that being honest about mm-hmm. it to to do that. Uh, yeah, but we're resistance. We're, we're resistant to being honest, for at least initially. Like we have that that recoil. Uh, because we feel that fear of being kicked out of the group which is very primal. Um, and that's where a lot of resistance to laughter comes from is that like, I mean, I don't know how much of an understanding of like 
the physiology of laughter or, or the theories behind it. Like laughter is, is hypothesized to be relief from realizing that the wrestling in the bushes isn't a predator or like we smile to show that I don't have sharp teeth and I'm not going to like bite out your jugular. Like <laughs> we're, we're on the same page. Yeah. Um, so let's say hypothetically you are booked to speak for the uh, never late society and you want <laughs> and you want this and you want to do this bit because as a comic you see that and and you're like oh i got to tell this joke because i think i can get through to this group uh, what's what's your first like how do you connect this to the the never late society of oh, the people that don't want to i think go for it and hope that they are good natured enough you know i can't I can't, I can't convince them, you know, right. <laughs> Your whole life is built around being punctual. I, uh, I can't, uh, I don't know, uh, convince you just with my, my bit. I have to, I don't know, show you how I live for mm-hmm. two or something like that and show you the of being selfish enough to be late. Um, yeah, I think I just have to blindly hope that they will get a kick out of, uh, how irresponsible because i think it does hit with people who are always punctual just because everybody likes to laugh at a schmuck who finds himself incapable right mm-hmm. yeah absolutely do you, do you think it connect maybe maybe there's another part of their life that that you know maybe they're not late but maybe they are maybe they lie a lot or something do you think there's a way to like connect these two unrelated topics yeah, sure. Absolutely. There's a great, this is a jump, but Jim Gaffigan has that good bit about like loving McDonald's and how people like base their whole personality around not, not eating McDonald's and, Oh, I would never go there. And it's like, well, maybe you don't eat McDonald's, but there is a McDonald's in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have these unhealthy indulgences that we, we love to uh, wallow in, you know? Mm, so even, absolutely. Yeah. Even if you've never been late, there is something about you that is you quote unquote arriving late. Uh, yeah. That you're guilty of probably. If they don't get the joke, then they're late on the joke too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's happening in real time. This is a meta bit actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we've turned this very like, very it, it like simple you know to the point bit into like <laughs> like a meta joke <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very enjoying it it's uh i never thought of myself as this intellectual of a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we've yet to do like uh, uh an episode you can't laugh at poop like and then turning it into this, no, it's a primal construct of fear of of rejection in public. For yeah, poop uh, jokes, no fecal humor. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I think you, I think you kind of you you hit the nail on the head very early on in this conversation. Is is the existential angst of being late. So whether it is being late, what else in your life do you feel existential angst about? And you can apply this bit to that. Uh, any number of things. I actually feel like that is um, because of how much I enjoyed this bit and 
and how well people have responded to it. I think that is kind of where I find myself trying to write towards now, which is like all of the things that you have to do in life that you're like, I fucking can't believe that I have to do this, which is everything from like paying rent and banking, you know, dealing with that taxes, a lot of money stuff. Uh, but even now I'll talk about like therapy a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. and how it helps, but you're like, God, I hate that. I, this is part of it. I just have to go back over things that made me feel bad with somebody. And it's insane. You know, mm-hmm. life is so hard. Has anybody talked about this? Um, <laughs> Hold on. I, I have notes somewhere about it. <laughs> Existential Thanks. dread. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there, there really is angst ba- baked into any given situation, uh, whether it's something simple or, or something like super heavy. Uh, we all kind of have that. What are other people going to think of me? You can be a Zen Buddhist monk. You can be Eckhart Tolle. I mean, you can be any of these people who put on this, this facade of inner peace. But deep down, there's that little voice that's like, people think you're weird, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Or, or people are going to be mad at you. <laughs> New age nonsense. <laughs> I think, uh, I don't know if you, you've watched, I think you should leave. Um, but it, it really kind of plays into that inner fear of like rejection and how people double down on, on themselves or whatever behavior they have uh, to mm-hmm. kind of avoid it or overcome it. And it's, and even though it's like, and again, I watched that show and I'm like, what do you think he really meant with this sketch? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I said in our conversation before, I nerd out about this stuff. Um, I enjoy it for what it is the first time, but then the second time through, I'm like, okay. Um, but but it's stuff like that where you just, we can find the silliness in it and then laugh about that. And then it, it'll, it'll help us be okay with the more serious side of it. Right. Yeah. If you have, if you could, give somebody like that advice, somebody who's like refusing to address the elephant in the room, the fact that they're always late. And, you know, if you were to sit down with them and they were to say, help me laugh, help me find the funny in this, um, help me make it okay. What would you tell them? Uh, I would tell them that it is okay. Uh, First, I would say that it is the most, I think it's the most common you know, sort of everyday low scale problem in the world. Right. Yeah. I don't know. People say like, if you're late, it's a sign of selfishness, but then it's like, okay, well then we are all generally a little bit selfish, you know, which is very true. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be fine. You know, you're in good company. That yeah. is what I would. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. that, that's good. This is a shared experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, and and you you do that in the bit too. You build connection multiple times. Um, you ever be so late, been so late for work? You just start to take your time. Uh, I'm not a jerk. I'll hurry if it's five or ten minutes. You build connection there. Keeps you likable. Doesn't matter if you're a minute or an hour late. It's late. Everybody's heard that. More connection. Um, you know, too comfortable uh, to to put effort into excuses. We've all been there. I mean, so there are multiple places where you prove that that they're in good company if they are going through this, you know, if they walk into the show late and then you start doing that bit, it's like, Oh, this is okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. 
you can connect with that person that's like, oh man, I'm late for the show. And now people are going to watch me walk in and, and mm. I'm going to be the, no one cares. We've all done it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I truly don't care if somebody, I mean, outside of maybe referencing it, if it's obvious in the room, if somebody shows up late for the show, I don't give a shit, you know, mm-hmm. just sit down and start enjoying. Yeah. Yeah. Join us. We're all having fun. Uh, let's hope you brought that same energy too. Um, where would you like people to, to take their energy when it comes to Sam Evans uh, as far as um, plugs? <laughs> Un- unparalleled segues, David. I got to tell you. <laughs> I try. I just, I'm, honestly, I, I, I'll do an hour and it's all segues. Uh, <laughs> Wouldn't that be so fun for to do an album just called Segways? And it's... <laughs> Just the, from top to bottom, so he didn't say anything the whole time. <laughs> um, I'm all of my social media is at really Sam Evans, R E A L L Y, Sam Evans, uh, really Sam Evans.com. If you want to email me, it's really Sam Evans at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, the album is called Sweet Baby Boy and it's available everywhere. Um, that you can stream or buy albums. So, so please do that. And uh, I'll have uh, tour dates coming up soon, actually. Awesome. Nice. Those links are in the show notes. You can buy his album uh, off of our friend, Jeff Bezos's Amazon. Uh, we've been trying to get him on the podcast to talk about what's funny to him, um, but uh, still no response. <laughs> still no response. Uh, <laughs> has he been on Rogan? I feel like that would be one that I could see him on. Oh, probably, but I don't think he's been on it yet. But yeah, I could see him doing that. He's not as fun as Elon Musk. No, he's not as adventurous. Yeah, do you think <laughs> yeah. Bezos would do cocaine and not smoke weed? On right, sure. Yeah, there, right. weren't there dick pics of Jeff Bezos that he just scrubbed from the internet? The oh my god, person. I heard about that. Yeah, and he just it's- has money to literally scrub the internet of his penis, which is. That's an incident. That's how rich you know he is. That you can't find of his penis, and it was out there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. He he's developed dick recognition software. Yeah. <laughs> so anytime it pops up, even if he's not tagged in it, even if the keywords aren't there, he knows. <laughs> Bezos knows all. All right, Sam, uh, thank you for joining this podcast. Thank you for helping us prove that if uh, if you are going through any existential angst, if you're dealing with the embarrassment or uh, if you're worried about what other people will think of when you are late, remember, it's okay to just take a step back, realize you are in good company. Everybody's been there and you can laugh at that. Oh, yeah. There it is. There it nice is. Podcast. Thanks yeah, for not true. asking me what I thought, David. Steve, uh, Steve, what do you, uh, you got anything you want to throw in? Listen, I'm late to things I want to do too. So (laughs) it's all good. Steve, (laughs) I'm going to edit this in in post. Is there anything you want to throw in? (laughs) No. Listen, thank you though. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of You Can't Laugh at That. Make sure if you haven't already to rate us on Apple podcasts or whatever podcast platform you get your episodes of you can't laugh at that make sure you're subscribed make sure you share with your friends like us and follow us on social media we're at you can't laugh at that on facebook and you can't laugh pod on twitter 
on Instagram. You can follow the David Horning. That is my personal Instagram account where I post any things you can't laugh at that that I don't post on Facebook or Twitter. Make sure you join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. You'll get access to special bonus footage that we cut from the main episode because not not because it's bad, but because it just doesn't fit the theme of the episode. We want to keep these episodes within an hour and 20 minutes or so. Otherwise, we'd run the light big time. We don't want that. So make sure you join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash you can't laugh pod. $5 a month gets you access to all the bonus footage. $10 a month gets you access to you can't laugh at you can't laugh at that, which is a series that we will be starting in September of 2021, where we will go back through each one of our episodes and talk about what we learned and how we've used some of that in our own comedy to prove that you can laugh at that. So, yeah, that's really it. Thanks again for listening to our episode, and we hope that you found a way to laugh at that.